you know, it's February, starting to get a little bit lighter. And I'm wondering how many of you are still on track with your health goals? How are you doing? Or, like a lot of people, are you struggling? Are you struggling to feel lighter and healthier this year? So I thought I'd reach out and have a conversation with someone I admire. They're a TV presenter. They're the host of the highly rated Zestology podcast. They're a best-selling author of Learn NLP and Confidence in a Minute. And they are, of course, Tony Wrighton. And we're going to do a bit of a deep dive into the mindset, the struggles, and what we can do about it, what you can do about it if you're struggling to get your health back on track for 2024. And welcome, Tony Wrighton. Paul, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm glad you're here. I'm glad oh, you're here. Great to be here. Thank you for inviting and, me. Yeah, no, honestly, it's an absolute pleasure. And one of the reasons why I wanted you here, I've been, you know, I love your stuff. I love your Instagram. Uh, I've been diving into a bit of your uh, podcast, uh, Zestology. Uh, where did you get the name for that, by the way? Uh, I mean, I'm guessing, but what, why the name Zestology? The, the reason is that uh, almost 10 years ago, I got very ill. And um, I, I went on a holiday to the jungle, actually. I came back from the Philippines and I basically spent three months in bed with no energy. And at my oh. pretty much my lowest point, obviously, I, well, I was working full time as a broadcaster then. And I thought, you know what, if I get back to something approaching decent energy, I'm going to do a podcast about energy. So that's where Zestology came from. Oh, amazing. I love the, I used to go to the Philippines quite a lot. So what what happened to you? If you could talk about it briefly, what, what kicked Oh what, yeah. What, 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 I, oh, it was, it was terrible really. I mean, I'd, I'd been there about a week and then I came out, I mean, first it's very unattractive, but I came out in a rash all over my body and I went to see a local doctor who said I, I had measles. And right. I said to her, I, I don't think I do have measles, <laughs> um, but um, I had some sort of virus, ended up cutting the holiday short, coming back to the UK, and then it went away. And I thought, great, mm. well, you know, I've, I've had a short holiday, but at least I'm okay. And then two weeks later, I started having all these post-viral symptoms, very similar, in fact, to what people went through post-virally with COVID. Um, and uh, and then after that, you know, I, I went to all sorts of neurologists and uh, immunologists and they all said we can tell you've had a virus but in some parts of the world there are viruses that haven't really been mapped yet we don't really know what it was and now what? you're just gonna have to deal with the post-viral fallout okay oh how was that how was it yeah. to hear yeah. that just to hear that there's a virus that hasn't been quite mapped and you might have had that well it was scary but I think mm. one of the things that's quite interesting and I've worked on with my own coaching practices I was always I was always a broadcaster but on the side I was always the guy who was into the woo-woo self-help NLP stuff as well yeah, yeah and I think NLP attracts people who are very type a personality we want to solve things we want to get things done yeah, we want yeah. to <laughs> take a problem grab it by the horns and fix it yeah, yeah. and actually that was the opposite of what I needed because I just kept my body in fight or flight mode basically for three months by Googling Dr. Google for 14 hours yeah, yeah. a day. What I really needed to do was just chill out and accept what was going on and accept that I just needed to wait and recover. And that is hard. Yeah. So how did you, how did you get into that mindset then? How did you discover? Because I think this is quite important for a lot of people listening to this. Uh, so I'm glad I asked yeah. a question about your podcast. Um, how did you get into the mindset? Because you know, type A personality, maybe uh, someone who loves to get proactive and uh, take things by the horns and, and, and make it better. How did you work out how to just let go of that, like almost like surrender and relax into this? Mm. 
Well, I thought the NLP has served me really well up to now. I've been learning this for more than a decade, but neuro-linguistic programming on its own isn't helping. So I need to find myself a coach. And I know you yourself have, you have three coaches, don't you? I have three coaches. Yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah. You I see, do. I've been listening to your podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do. So I've, I thought I would find a coach who specialized in NLP, which is what I specialize in, but mm. also uh, specialized in fatigue and energy psychology. And I went to see someone who was a, an EFT or a tapper. Oh, and yeah. honestly, Paul, within 10 minutes, firstly, I was in floods of tears because I sort of realized that I was going to be okay. And um, secondly, he said it's, it's, it's very hard for people who come to see me to acknowledge the fact that part of what is causing these symptoms or prolonging these symptoms is what is going on in their head. And he explained to me and showed me how real that mind-body connection is, all the whilst tapping weirdly on my face and body. <laughs> and, oh. um, and from there, I started okay. to sort of let go and focus on acceptance. Okay, so brilliant. And I'm going to ask you a question about that. Because this is leading quite nicely to where I wanted it to go with you today is to ask you, mm. you know, so obviously you, you started to discover the benefits of energy psychology and acceptance. But what is, for anyone listening, energy psychology? Well, energy psychology is quite a catch-all term. That yeah, yeah. means all sorts, that, that could encompass all sorts of different modalities that focus on uh bringing the mind and the body together and doesn't necessarily involve traditional psychology or psychotherapy. So um, EFT is definitely one of those. Neuro-linguistic mm -hmm. programming could venture into that sort of territory. Hypnosis and meditation, I know you're interested in those sort of things, yeah, yeah. could encompass energy psychology as well. Um, and in this instance, the energy psychology focuses on emotional freedom therapy, which is these acupuncture points that are closest to the skin around mm -hmm. the body. And by tapping on them and connecting with the emotion, you can start to release that emotion. I mean, it's incredibly powerful stuff. Mm. Now, Paul, I, you know, I mean, I, I did some training in EFT as well, but it's so powerful. I use it with my four-year-old son when he's going to school and he doesn't want to go to school. I use it. I, I, I've used it so many times with clients and it, it just seems to work very well. I, lo I love that you, you know, from your own experience, or you know your own struggle you sought help and then obviously because you can't you can't put a price on discovering the benefits for yourself and then obviously this is something that you've wanted to help others with obviously it's lovely that your four-year-old son where, where, where's this tapping point what's the best tapping point for someone to get them to get their kids to go to school I bet everyone's asking that right now <laughs> uh, we do it honestly we do it every day on the way to school yeah. we did it this morning we, yeah. we actually now we've evolved to do it while we listen to his favorite songs so I think we were doing it to <laughs> listening to some sort of Walk the Dinosaur song this morning. Okay. Um, but really, there's eight or nine sort of classic tapping points that are okay. the basic EFT tapping points. And they start on the face, um, top of the, the eyebrow, side of yeah. the eye, below the eye, uh, above the mouth, below the mouth, on the chest, close to the collarbone, and then yeah, under yeah. the arm, and then on the top of the head. And while you're doing that, you think about how you're feeling and you really associate with that emotion so I will ask my son how are you feeling and it's interesting because for the first two or three months of going to his new school here in Portugal where we live now he'd be like really sad I feel really sad and then now I ask him in the mornings how are you feeling and he says happy 
<laughs> we still do it. We still do the tapping, but yeah, he's, yeah. he's definitely undergone a change. And um, so great for your son. What's a, what's something that someone would come to you for help with that you think EFT? I don't know. I trained in EFT. I, I know uh, quite a bit about, yeah, it's, it's a lovely thing to do. So what, but for you, when people yeah. come to you and say, I need help, what is it that you find EFT is absolutely fantastic for? Yeah. Well, it's interesting actually, because you're obviously like me in the fact that you trained in one thing originally, but then you're a bit of a jackdaw and you're happy to take <laughs> on anything that works yeah. well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, I, I, I love and, and people around. don't come to me for EFT. No, no, no. What um, do they come to you for? Yeah, What's the I, main I don't, thing? Well, like coaching and yeah. NLP and yeah. sort of mindset and health really and it's you know it's nice to have all these things like emotional freedom therapy in your mm. armory in case you want to use it um and you can access it when you need it and then yeah, you know yeah. sometimes with clients i tend to see because i've because i've run the podcast zestology for such a long time and it, it's turned into a sort of health mindset biohacking podcast and i'm an absolute avid crazy biohacker i've got all the gadgets here far too many <laughs> and I, I like it it's just a sort of fun hobby really um but um, because we do sort of quite a bit on that, I tend to speak to and see quite a few people who are super into their health, but actually underneath it all, a little mm. bit sort of health anxious. Yeah, and yeah, that yeah. is where the emotional freedom therapy and the NLP works really well because they act as a sort of, you can use them as a pattern interrupt to start getting people to feel and act and think in a different way. No, I love that because with the biohacking, I love biohacking. And actually, that's how I found you, funnily enough. It was one of your, I think it was an Is ice it? bath or something like that. You were doing, you know, and I was thinking, God, I need to get one of those. And uh, I do cold showers or I run into the sea. Um, but ice bath oh, just great. looks cool. Yeah. It just looks cool. Um, and I'm aware of the health benefits, but you, you, you get, we get kind of bombarded, don't we, with all of these health benefits of all these things that we should be doing. And it can it can actually get feel like it's a get it gets a bit confusing as to actually is this good for me? Is this something I need to add into my day? Because I think if I added in all the stuff that I should be doing each morning to be at optimum, that's a full time job. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it would be uh, the, the Mark Wahlberg. Uh, I get up at three o'clock in the morning. Yeah, I do I my cryotherapy that. at half three. <laughs> I saw that. I wonder, you know, and I, all I could think of when I saw that list of Mark Wahlberg getting up at that time in the morning was, uh, is he getting enough sleep? Because that's a foundation, surely, of <laughs> being optimal. Yeah. You know, it's, that's, you know, that's a, it was a strange list. Um, uh, what did you think of it when you, when you saw it? Well, I mean, it's sort of, it's optimization taken to extremes. And, yeah. you know, I mean, this is the interesting thing around health and biohacking. It's quite a hard sell, actually, because um, talking about the latest Ura ring or ice bath or red yeah. light device is always very exciting to people. But actually, in my experience, nearly always working on the mindset um, and the link between mind and body yeah, and yeah. getting the basics right, like sleep, as you say. And that involves mindset because that involves the mm. discipline to go to bed at the right time, which is not easy for any of us. Um, that is much more effective in terms of managing health and wellness. But it's just a harder sell because it's not quite as interesting. <laughs> no, I, I've got my aura ring on. I've got a whoop now. I got given a whoop for Christmas. Oh, great. <laughs> no, 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 I'm oh, stuck. great. Yeah, they're good. The stats are quite interesting. And I, um, you know, I, I, I do athletic stuff. And uh, so I get a sense of how to train. You know, I hold it a bit loosely. You don't know how accurate these things are. 
but it, it can help with accountability in, in regards to mindset. But mindset is super important. And mm. if you go back to, um, you know, what you're helping people with, with your healthy as, you know, healthy AF. Healthy AF. Healthy, method. Yeah, healthy as fuck, yeah. basically. We know what we're talking about. Yeah. Uh, uh, program. <laughs> So we're looking at the common sort of limiting beliefs that you help people with that hold them back. Mm. What tends to come up? Yeah, I, I tend to focus on three areas. The first area is sort of healing, and that is the people mm. who just need help straight away. And that is a lot of the people who come to me um, just want to immediately start to feel better. And then the biohacking crowd sometimes skip to the second section, which is optimizing. Yeah. Um, and that involves a lot of NLP techniques, a lot of tracking techniques. I would describe when people say, what does neuro-linguistic programming or NLP actually mean? Mm. I say often it's a study of what works, of how people do things well, of how mm, to communicate yeah. better with yourself and other people. And that is the sort of optimized section. And then the final section is transform, where we go much deeper into values and beliefs and identity and that can often be the bit where the limiting beliefs pop up, actually, yeah, you know, yeah. because you ask people, um, OK, let's look at your I mean, we've got this thing called the logical levels or I call it a mind pyramid in NLP. Yeah. Um, you, you know, NLP as well, don't you, Paul? So yeah, 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 I traded that. Yeah. Yeah. And um, you, at the bottom, you sort of look at people's environment and behavior. So mm. you live by the sea. You've got a chance to go for a dip and get out in the in the in the open air every day. And you're sort of. I don't know, wearing an Uring and a whoop band. And then you might uh, look at capabilities, what you're capable of. But then you get up to the top of the pyramid. And that's often where the limiting beliefs start to reveal themselves. And this is the sort of deep work part of the process that I do with people. Because you say to people, well, what do you believe about what's true? What is What are your mm. values? Do you believe it's possible for you to, to be super healthy, for example? Because a lot of people deep down just don't believe they are healthy people especially when it comes to um, weight loss, but all sorts of different aspects of health. Um, and then even higher than the values and beliefs, we sort of dig in, we ask some good questions around identity. Uh, what do you see as your identity in the world? And then we can start to sort of make some changes in that level, on that level at the top. Yeah. And what's really interesting about the logical levels and the mind pyramid, this is what I love the most, is that it's all interlinked. So once you start looking at the values and beliefs, okay, one of your beliefs is that you're you're not actually sure that it's possible to be totally healthy. And that might be based on past experience or trauma or anything else. Then you start to make changes further down the pyramid and it all interlinks. Yeah, I love that. I love that. And where do you think it comes? Where do you think people get the idea that they can't be super healthy? Where has this come from, do you think? I mean, it it can it can often come from childhood. Um I I had a sort of personal example of limiting beliefs in childhood and that I wanted to be a talented chess player <laughs> and really? uh, yeah. and I always used to play my one friend at chess and I was never really very good and obviously this isn't health but um, I'd known my friend for a long time and he was always top of the class at chess and uh, top of the class at maths as well and I just didn't believe I could beat him therefore I never beat him because my limiting belief was that I was mathematically challenged I always mm. told myself that I'm, you know, I don't want to be grandmaster good, but I just wasn't good enough to beat him. Um, and so that was a childhood one. And over the, over the sort of years, I'm still friends with him and I still play chess <laughs> with him. And I've examined those limiting beliefs and I've sort of yeah. realized that actually I'm quite good at maths. 
but I just didn't concentrate in maths at school. So I was bottom of the class. And mm. chess isn't really about maths anyway. So that's changing the story, changing that limiting belief. It's, it's about all sorts of things, about logic and strategy and mind games and creativity and psychology. And that's how you can examine, examine a limiting belief. And then when you realize it's holding you back, reframe it to something else. So a person comes to you with a limiting belief that they say, do you know, I just don't think I can be that healthy. And they're reframing it. What sort, what would they, I mean, I know it might sound obvious that what reframe it to, I can be really healthy, but what if they don't really believe that? How do you change it from, you know, this is where they are, you know, it's got this ingrained belief to what sounds logical, but they might not feel it. Mm. How do you help them with that sort of cross that bridge? Yeah, I guess reframes can take place at a conscious level and an unconscious level. Sometimes it's not as easy as saying, hey, you just need to think a little bit differently and you'll be absolutely (laughs) fine. Yeah, yeah, And quite often there'll be, because I know myself, reframing some of my limiting beliefs has taken years and years of work and is an ongoing process. So we'll use some of that sort of classic conscious mind reframing and then we'll do some unconscious work as well. And And I know that you sort of really like the, the, the um, asking unconscious questions and we'll do that mm. but then we'll also do some slightly more formal hypnotic work as well um i'm one of my resolutions for 2024 is to really work more with my own unconscious mind because i think it's harder than ever for us to tap into a lot of the sort of the messages that our unconscious mind gives us because we're so mm. switched on all the time aren't we um and so for me working with clients can often involve giving them a chance to step back and sort of decompress and stop being quite so hypervigilant during the day. And then when they get into that altered state, start to, at an unconscious level, stick in some reframes and suggestions so they start to sort of think differently about their health. And uh, I guess, uh, because I find when I work with clients, you must get this too, is the experiments where they get to, you know, experience something different then reinforces the new belief. Yes. And I I find that to be particularly valid when it comes to Mm. pattern interrupts, actually. So a lot of a lot of the time with health is, you know, we talked about that, that um, mind pyramid before. It's the simple behavior of constantly um, having an anxious thought about the health, for example. Um, And by interrupting that thought and then reframing it with a new thought, really simple stuff. We've just talked about pattern interrupts and reframes. Mm. Um, But you start to, on an immediate level, stop that anxious thought, stop that thought that actually raises your heart rate, switches on your sympathetic nervous system and stops your body being in a healing state that allows you to actually relax, Um, get out of fight or flight and start to chill out a little bit more. Um, And then on a long-term level, you start to create a new pattern by using this pattern interrupt. So, Mm. you know, I mean, an example of how that might work is when I went to see that emotional freedom therapy practitioner all those years ago and I was ill, first part of the session was basically him tapping on me and me saying, I don't think I'm going to get well. Don't think I'm going to get well. Oh, maybe I am going to get well. This is the first time in three months I've thought positive about it. Yeah. And then he asked me to do something at the end of the session. And he said, every time you have a thought about your health, any sort of thought about your health, I want you to say either out loud, a bit weird, or to yourself, stop, and then say these words instead, I choose to flow from moment to moment and accept where I am. Oh, I love that. I left, I know, it's really good. And so I left his uh, 
I left his office and I was, I was walking through London and it is no exaggeration, Paul, to say that I was doing this multiple times a minute for the first 24 hours or so. Mm. I mean, you would not, because I'd spent, I, I'd spent three months in bed. I was a TV presenter at Sky and I couldn't go to work. I couldn't earn my money. I couldn't see my colleagues. I couldn't actually do the work that I really enjoyed. And more than that, I could barely walk down the street. It was the furthest I'd been in three months just to get to his office. Um, and on the way back, I was interrupting myself multiple times a minute saying stop pattern interrupt and then I choose to flow from moment to moment and accept where my health is or whatever it was that's the reframe and then on a sort of medium term basis I started to create that new pattern of not even having the thought in the first place can you say again for my audience as well because uh, I loved what you just said I, I'm all about I'm all about the acceptance so you know stop resisting the present moment and love flow so can you say it again for the audience mm. Your phrase. Yeah, I, I mean, now I tend to sort of phrase it slightly differently depending yeah. on where I am or where I'm working with a client, but it would be something along the lines of stop. I yeah. choose to flow from moment to moment and accept where I am or I accept that. my health. Yeah, I think that's really yeah. powerful. I, and, I, and I think it also mm. creates a, I think one of the things that causes a lot of misery in our lives is a resistance to our thought or to our perception of what we've got going on around us. You know, the mind loves to create a story, doesn't it? <laughs> it loves to create a struggle. Mm. And when we just say stop and just accept where we are, you know, we're flowing from moment to moment. Again, it's, it creates a new experience. And I think it brings someone to the present moment, you know, instead of, you know, being lost in their minds, yeah. talking about things which can be quite limiting, it brings them right into the present moment. Um, and that in itself is very peaceful, can feel quite still. And our lovely nervous system can calm down <laughs> to create a little bit of clarity. Yeah, yeah. I think also I'm so drawn to this because I know I need it myself. I just have that sort of personality. Mm. As I said to you earlier, it's an ongoing thing. You know, I still have to work at this stuff. And I find it particularly important when it comes to screen time, work, um, overstimulation, listening to too much. I worked as a journalist for 20 years. So, you know, I mean, being sort of really sort of overstimulated and a bit of a news junkie, all of these things can raise our nervous system so high mm. and actually sort of switching off, getting away from the screens, getting into the moment is the only way that you really start to relax. Yeah, I, I'm 100% with you on that. We're so heightened. There's so many things vying for our attention to get heightened with, isn't there? A mm. uh, question about, you know, yeah. obviously you were on Sky and, it's a, you know, that you had this career and then this situation happened, you know, uh, where you became ill. What What's your perspective of that now? Do you see that as in a traumatic period of your life? Do you see it as in, you know it was something that was happening for you, not to you because of, of where you've taken to yourself to now and how you help so many people. What's your, how do you see it? How do you see what you've been through? I am very grateful that it happened. Although I was very ungrateful in the mm. moment. Yeah. yeah <laughs> because there's no doubt that, you know, I mean, it, it, most of the, most of the really good coaches that I've met and the, the, the inspiring people that I meet in this health and wellness world, they've they've sort of been there mm. and um i mean you know i talked to quite a few people I've, I've i've suffered from this condition called histamine intolerance for years and years and i never quite knew it and as a little side project a few years ago once i discovered about it i started this website a side project called histamineintolerance.net and had loads of other people contact me and say the same thing and again 
20 years of pain, but I'm still grateful that it happened because uh, here I am today and I'm sort of yeah. able to sort of learn from it and um, help other people with it. So yeah, I've, 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 I feel fine about it. It's a good, good question as well. Yeah, I think it's, you know, like I had an anxiety disorder um, and like you, I would have done anything to get rid of it, hated it, what, you know, felt a victim to it. Mm. And uh, now I'm like, you eternally grateful that that happened because well, I'm now talking to you, but it's given me a whole career <laughs> where, you know, my voice has reached out yeah. to millions of people. And it's just, you, you just can't tell where these things will lie. And that's the, you know, anyone listening to this, if they're going through a crisis is to maybe be open to the idea that there's a bit of gold there to be discovered. You might not see it just yet. Um, but mm. being, being yeah. open to that can really I know. draw it is, that that's attention. The th- that's the hard thing to persuade yeah. people, isn't it? Yeah. That there is light at the end of the tunnel and people can get better and that is often because of working with people like you or me mm-hmm. um you know sometimes it's hard to get there on your own oh I, I, that's the thing is that's why i believe in that's why i've got free coaches tony <laughs> because it, you know i think we we have this uh, you know for a long time i didn't a long time i never had a, a coach or anything like that it was uh you know i have to sort this out by myself one man band you know i will work you know work through this um, and whilst that's kind of possible, it takes a lot of time. And just to have yeah. someone sit with you, you know, like you do with your clients and you could, and even they're just even voicing limiting beliefs, you can hear it, can't you? You're like, oh, what am I saying? Yeah. And then you've got a coach like yourself looking back going, should we just have a little chat about what you've just said <laughs> and, and begin to, yeah. you know, create some structure around that. I think that's incredibly valuable. Mm. yeah it's um it's great that you've got three coaches i love that <laughs> are they are they all sort of life coaches or no. um therapists or no 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 um one is a business coach um because uh i discovered and that was a that was a, a mindset thing uh, that i'm an entrepreneur and i didn't i you know was a, I thought myself just as a, a coach and, and, and podcaster and now I'm having to, I'm branching out and I want what, what I do to reach more people. So I had to realize I had a entrepreneurial mindset and I've got no idea what to do with that. So I've got a, a business coach. I have a, well, you're an author of how many books? Um, six, six books. Six books. So I'm writing my first book yeah. and I need help oh, with good. that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it should be at, uh, this year, but it's, I have a writing coach to help me with that. Mm. Uh, because uh, the way that they can just look at a, st- a chapter or a page and just go, explain this to me. And I'm like, oh, hang on then. <laughs> um, yeah. So and yeah. it, it really does make a difference. Um, and the other one is a, um, they're like a business coach, but also a life coach. Um, mm. we coach each other. So they challenge me on anything I'm doing in business and in personal life. Absolutely everything. That's great. Yeah. yeah. So it's a really That's it's very interesting good. conversation. Yeah. It's no holds barred. It's straight in. It's, it's not for the faint hearted. <laughs> they're, they're very good. I love that. I love that about them. So but we get Brilliant. it. We get to swap and do it with each other. Yeah. I, I'm finding that very inspiring. I, um, I think I might be going out to hire some more coaches after talking to you today, Paul. I think that's a, that's the one of my one of my teachables. Um, I do have a Portuguese coach at the moment because, as we briefly alluded to, I'm, I'm living in yeah. Portugal now, and oh my god, it's like it's the hardest thing in the world because 
he seems to think it's a good idea to spend the first 10 minutes of every lesson just having a chat to me in Portuguese, forgetting that I don't speak Portuguese. Oh, wow. okay. <laughs> um, so I just sort of talk in this mishmash of yeah. um, Portuguese, English and Italian because I speak Italian. Um, but actually, I come out of it thinking, oh, I, I can speak a bit of Portuguese here. So it does work. But um, it's again, it's so much fun having a coach. And it's so much better than trying to do it myself or using an app or anything else, you know. Yeah. What would you say, when it, especially when it comes to like your you know, type of coaching that you do, what what mistakes do people make when they try to do it all by themselves? What, you know, because it is a limiting mindset. I mean, they might think it's too costly or um, I can, I, you know, just the old basic, I can do this by myself. But we know that actually, do you know what? that's going to make things difficult. So what do you think? What what mistakes do you think people make by doing it by themselves? Well, I think that's a great question. And I would say one of the principal ones is that not all coaches are made equal. So mm. for example, um, after my whole jungle meltdown, I then started to get back to full health and then decide that I needed to do some deeper work on aspects of my past. And um, I've heard you talk about your past on, on podcasts as well. Mm. You know, something that's really important to sort of delve into. Sometimes we can have all these limiting beliefs or, or other things that need addressing from childhood. And um, there was a very specific area where I wanted to work on a psychotherapist. And I went to two very highly regarded psychotherapists who were frankly extremely weird. <laughs> it wasn't a good experience at all. Um, the first one, it was at her house. And I remember she was stroking her cat while we were talking. And I just found that really odd. <laughs> um, and uh, maybe that's a bit unfair, but it just wasn't, it just wasn't a good vibe. And the yeah, yeah. second one, I went into his office and he said first, and bearing in mind, this is psychotherapy, very sensitive um, topics that I wanted to discuss. And I was working on TV at the time. And he said, do you mind if I record this session? I said, no, I, I don't want you to record this session. Mm. And he was really put out by it. I mean, it was, it, there, was, there was an atmosphere after this. Oh, um, right. okay. And I sort of said, well, actually, no, I don't, I, don't, I don't want any record anywhere of what I'm about to tell you. You know, there's a mm. bit of shame in there. There's a sort of like some childhood stuff that needs addressing. Plus, I'm sort of in the public eye, so I don't want this stuff recorded anywhere. Yeah. Um, and he just couldn't get it. So that was that was one, a one-sessioner. And then, so the third person that I found was amazing. And I spent five years talking to her, and it was just one of the defining experiences of my life. So I, I'm very glad I didn't give up after two, because I remember thinking, I'll try yeah. one more, and if this doesn't work, I'm just giving up. No, I, I agree with you with that. And I, you know, it's, I think it's important to... I don't know what you do, but I do a an hour a coaching session or more with a person before they even decide. Before I even decide, I'm going to work with them or they're going to work with me, uh, just so I get an idea of is this person going to be suitable for me to work with. I mean, if I'm going to spend three to six months with mm. someone, um, we've got to have a good vibe, and there's got to be an element of challenge, and there's got to be you know um, I want to I, yeah. also I want to be inspired by this person. I want to work with this person, so it's got to be yeah. a lot that that comes from that. And if without that interview or without that coaching session, it would just be taking someone on and it would just be a bit potluck. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Was I being a bit unfair about the cat stroking? About the cat stroking? 
I think you have to go with your own your own <laughs> sense about it, really. I think you have to go with how you feel about what was yeah. what was there for you in that moment. <laughs> it does sound, it does sound a bit right. strange. I don't know many people who have pets. I don't have any pets, but I wouldn't sit here with my pets waiting for a client to arrive. I, I trained in psychotherapy, funnily <laughs> enough, though I didn't want to be a psychotherapist. But Did you? Yeah, I, I trained in it. And it, it's, it's a lo- it was a lovely thing to do. I love some of the models and um, I love transaction analysis. It's a great thing to do with clients. But other than that, uh, I prefer a coaching mo- approach. Uh, but, you know, mm. one of the things about being a psychotherapist is that you, you create an environment where clients are going to feel comfortable. <laughs> and yeah. um, if, if a person yeah. isn't feeling comfortable, hopefully they can feel, be, you know, feel in a place safe enough to say, to say so. Um, but to, to mm. you know. Yeah. To, to have a cat, it just seems like an odd choice, to be fair, but who knows what's going through that <laughs> yeah, mind. Yeah, was, that wasn't the only thing. But uh, to be honest, you know, I do think that um, I probably got a little bit unlucky with the first two choices that I made and then mm. very lucky with the third. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so it's, um, so it's, uh, I, I, th- I do think it's worth shopping around. And actually, with the Portuguese lessons, I've been using a site called Preply, which is a, it's, it's almost like Tinder for, um, for language <laughs> lessons. It's great. You can, you can pick, uh, you can pick all, you can sort of browse all the language lessons and all the teachers, and then you can book a half hour lesson with each one of them and see which one you like. So I did the same thing with that. I've, I picked three of them and had yeah. a half hour lesson with them. They were all great. And I just picked the one that I liked the most. And now I'm learning with him. Yeah. I, I think that's a, that's a great way to do it. And anyone who comes to me is the same thing, get a sense of if we can work together and then we'll have a chat afterwards. Um, let's get back to, yeah, great. uh, the, you know, you've got a course, um, called healthy as fuck, I believe. Um, what can <laughs> yeah. someone healthy expect? AF, the healthy AF method. Yes. Healthy AF method. We know what it means. You know, people are going to be saying that automatically <laughs> yeah. in their head. I feel, um, yeah. what is it that someone would expect by being on this course with you? What would they, I know obviously being healthier, but what is it that would be transformative? I think. You know, as, as I said before, I look at three areas, the, the healing, the optimizing, mm-hmm. and then the transforming people's health using NLP and energy psychology. And then I guess I hope that the magic ingredient in that is that firstly, I've been there myself and I've just sort of walked exactly that same path. And I've been talking about health on my mm-hmm. podcast and with my in my sort of professional life for years and years. And then I've just worked with thousands and thousands and encountered thousands and thousands of people who've gone through this exact same stuff um whether it's through my books or my podcast or people getting in touch with me or working one-on-one with clients you know I've, I've just sort of seen these patterns emerge again and again and again which is why i've laid it out like that and um yeah i think the idea is that what people initially want nearly always is to feel better straight away so that's the focus mm. right from the start and then longer term, it is a method and it requires 12 minutes a day. And we do that every day. And I ask for accountability from the people I work with. And I do that with all my one-on-one clients as well, um, to the extent that they're normally WhatsApping me every, every evening. Um, nice. And that accountability keeps them honest. I love that. I love that. 12 minutes. What, where did you get? Where, in, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I love that. I, you know, it sounds very digestible. It's sort of very biteable, which, you know, focuses around food. I love food. Uh, so um, why, yeah. why, 12, why, did, where did, why 12 minutes? Where did that come from for you? The 12 minutes came from 10 minutes to decompress, go into a deeper state, access the unconscious mind and start to make deep change, access wow. your sort of deeper layers, if you like. Love it. And, then, and then we also, I, I know that we sort of, our nervous systems 
often none of us are stopping to do meditation or even stopping to just do nothing for, for 10 minutes in a day. Yeah, yeah. So we, we need that. I know that. And the, 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 unco- the, sorry, the parasympathetic nervous system needs that when you're trying to heal as well. And mm. then the two minutes is more of a tracking slash reflection point at the end of the day, because we introduce a lot of new concepts in my method. And I am quite happy to hold my hands up, just like I'm sure you do with your with your clients and say, not everything works for everybody. And so what <laughs> we need to do is track what works well and what doesn't yeah, work. Yeah, yeah. And then we do that at the two minutes of every day. And then every once in a while, we go back to the, the stats or, the, you know, we might keep a, a spreadsheet or it might just be done on WhatsApp or whatever it is. And you say, oh, that's working well. And this isn't working at all. And I do this not just with health, but I do it. In fact, I've been doing it before I spoke to you today. I've been doing it with every aspect of my business this morning, looking through what exactly doing an absolute inventory of what I spend my time on and then how much sort of pleasure and satisfaction it gives me and the people that I work with, but also how much money it brings in. And then there's some things that I spend loads of time on that has hardly any impact at all. And then other things... I hardly spend any time on and they have a massive impact for me and other people. So that's, <laughs> that means a bit of a reorganization of priorities. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love that. What resistance do you get? Where, you know, and so, cause we all, you know, I would say, I was going to ask you the question of why do we want to get healthy? Actually, now I'm going to ask that question. Why do we want to get healthy? I mean, I mean, most people know they should get healthy, etc. but in your view, what is what's the the main reason why we should take that seriously? Why we should jump into your program uh, and do this course? Because what would we would get what? I think health isn't about a good bod. Yeah. Although that's nice. Yeah. It's, nice. <laughs> it's about <laughs> it's about feeling comfortable in one's skin, and that is the the most important thing. Um, living. Not living longer, but living a sort of a, a fulfilled longer life. So when you live longer, you want those years to be good quality years. Yeah. yeah. Um, but then I think in terms of exactly what healthy AF means, that is basically module 1.0. We sort of define for each individual person what that means. For yeah, me, yeah. it means I spent three months in bed and now, I, and now I'm not in bed. And I, and I sort of want to carry on living this healthy, fulfilled life. And, you know, for example, a lot of people go to the gym because they want to build the guns or they want they Mm. want to sort of tone up or whatever. I just want to be as free and easy and relaxed in my body as possible. And that involves and that is that sort of informs what I do in the gym. So everyone's exact definition of healthy will be slightly different. And then you ask what resistance do Mm. I come up with? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Or do I I encounter from clients? And And I personally find it's commitment to doing the job. And that. You know, one of my one of the people I really learned from is Robert Cialdini, the um, persuasion yeah. expert. Yes, it, yeah, that, that's a that's a famous book. That's a that's a great book, actually. Mm. Yeah, yeah, really good. The psychology of persuasion, and one yeah. of his six principles of persuasion is commitment. The more that you publicly commit to do something, the more likely you are to do something. And that you know, you talked about sort of the way that you almost pre-vet your clients beforehand. For me, it's are you willing? to do something small for me every day and then let me know that you've done it. Because because if you don't do it, I'll know and you will as well because there won't have been a text message at the end of the day or a WhatsApp <laughs> yeah, message. Yeah, true. So that element of commitment is is very, very important. And there's there's a bit of resistance around that because yeah. you've actually got to do it at that point. And um, I mean, you mentioned my sort of, I guess, 
I've spent quite a lot of time thinking about writing and books over the last um, few years, and I love writing. But the bald stats are that most people don't finish non-fictional <laughs> personal development books. Yeah, true. <laughs> so how to get people to actually follow it through is a, a real challenge. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, I, 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 you know, but what do you think, this, I hope, I'm gonna, what do you think, why do you think people resist? What is it, you know, I, I'm a big, you know, believer and fan of self-sabotage, funnily enough, because uh, I think it, it could be written mm. beautifully, but why do you think from maybe your experience, why do people self-sabotage, even though they want to be healthy and the benefits sound incredible, but there seems to be a part of them that seems to say, you know, actually I asked this question recently on social media, why is it more important for me to be unhappy than it is to be happy? And there seems to be this part of us sometimes that actually would rather have this element of misery to aim for and create rather than experience the good stuff. But what's your thoughts? Mm. Well, there's this saying that all behavior has a positive intention. Mm. So you would want to examine that. Often it would be linked to what we talked about before in terms of the, the really deep beliefs around one's identity. But just to take that to its logical conclusion, for example, we, most of us know that smoking is not very good for us and is going to shorten our life and you know, make us ill, potentially. Um, but what is the positive intention behind a lot of people smoking? Well, it might be it's social, talking to someone outside a pub, having a fag, or it might be, you know, it reduces anxiety, or it might be any number of different things, or it just feels good, or you're, you know, it gives you that little addictive hit, whatever it is, that's the sort of positive intention. So that's what you want to sort of examine. I, I'd love to know how you deal with those sabotaging um, yeah. you know, actions and beliefs. Yeah, embrace them, embrace them. And, and, and it's, it's a similar approach. It's there's two sides of it. One is to acknowledge exactly what you've just said, because most people go, there's no benefits at all. And I'm like, well, you wouldn't be doing it if if, um, if there was no yeah. benefits. You've learned somewhere along the line that this is really good for you or good for you at one point. But it's an yeah. out of date program. I like to refer to things as out of date. And then um, we do a process of devaluing, completely devaluing the new habit to the point where have you, you probably read or looked into atomic habits. Um, when you make a habit, um, oh, yeah. you know, yeah. dis, you know, there's an element of dissatisfaction with a habit and then the new habit, mm. you create an element of stress satisfaction for it begins. It becomes easier to move from one to the other. But whilst a person has that unconscious belief of this is doing something for me and it's out of date, my view is beautiful because it's just begging to be upgraded. Every time you do it, it's another reminder to upgrade something. And that's, that's how I see it. As in, so that's why I love it. I love a bit of self-sabotage. And it popped up. Beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it, those, those deep-seated patterns are hard to, um, to change. And that is why, you know, I, sort of, I, I do love the pattern interrupt. I mm. think it's one of the most important aspects of NLP and one of the important aspects of why I work with people. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you can, you can sort of see the self-sabotaging in other people all the time, but then you start to think, what am I doing that other people are noticing? <laughs> <laughs> no, I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, Tony, thank you so much for uh, appearing with me today. It's been great having a conversation with you. I could chat to you all day because I'm, I'm sure we would just love a deep dive into all the same stuff that we're interested in um, and pick each other's brains. Um, where can people find out more about you and also about your course? Yeah, well, it's um, TonyWrighton.com and Tony Wrighton on social media. And then if you're interested in the course, the Healthy AF Method, then it's TonyWrighton.com slash healthy. Um, and uh, yeah, it's, it's been 
lovely to chat. I know you're coming on my podcast, aren't you? So I'm I am. really looking I forward am. to that. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to that. Good. I'm going to put all your details okay. in the show notes to make it easy for people to scroll down <laughs> and uh, click your links you. and uh, maybe jump into your course, et cetera. I, I'd recommend it. It sounds really good to say to have a coach and have accountability. And I would say to everyone listening to this, don't try to do this stuff by yourself. Get someone like Tony or myself yeah. to help you. It, it, it really can make a world of difference. Um, so thank yeah. you so much, Tony, for I, coming. I agree. Yeah, it, yeah, do, yeah. It, do it. Thank do you. It. Do it. Um, and uh, um, everyone, uh, sorry. Sorry, Paul. I was just going to say, yeah, I, I um, living out here in Portugal, I've realized that I'm not a very good swimmer and um, I'm, I'm oh, sort really? of fine, but I need to be better. Now, there's no point in trying to teach myself. I need someone to teach me. And that is what I'm going to do this year. <laughs> <laughs> I look forward to you, uh, you know, gliding along, at, uh, you know, the, where is it? You're in the Algarve? Where, where are you? Uh, I don't see gliding along the, the in Lagos, know, in the Algarve. Yeah. Yeah, in the close along the seafront, you know, front core. I also admire people who can do that Lovely. because I, I'm not that great a swimmer as well. I might have to join you and do some swimming lessons this year because I need to up my game, up my game. Um, oh, awesome. Thank you for coming. And uh, I, I look forward to joining you on Zestology. Um, anyone's listening to this, check out the podcast. You have a crazily good guests on your podcast. Uh, so do oh, check it you. out. And uh I look forward to everyone who's listened to this. Thank you for joining us uh, on this episode. And I look forward to uh, catching you in the next episode. Thank you. Mm-hmm.